bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people. Mr. Justin Robert Young. Hey, it's me. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hi, everybody. That's me. Gentlemen, I want to talk about piercing bubbles, our own bubbles. Go on. Mm -hmm. Why would would one want to do that? I live in a very, I worked very hard to build this bubble all around me. And and because I experienced nothing outside of it, I know I am right. Well, you are. I'm not talking about political bubbles. Like, I, I think about think about other kinds of bubbles, other bubbles. I'm gonna give you an example of one. And Brian, I I look at you and I see this bubble around you. I yeah. see this bubble that you are this thick, thick. I'm knocking on this bubble. You can't hear it because you've got a big bubble. Like, Justin, maybe you have this one too. I had this, then I pierced this bubble. What's that? Bryce, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, so Think about the information you consume. Okay. Okay. Think about the st- think about the long form information you consume. Okay. What 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 does it all have in common? I mean, it's all algorithmically generated, and it tends to be habitual. Uh, I tr- my best efforts to pierce the bubble boil down to a lap of three. I look at. Axios, I look at Google News, and I look at Reddit. Although recently, I'm talking. Oh, go ahead. I'm, saying, I'm talking long form, though. Long form. So you're talking about books, Could like be. like not magazine articles, books. Is, when you yeah. say long form, is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, well I mean, there's famously that, one thing that ties the two of them together, which is yeah, Amazon, the audiobooks. Well, yeah, well, and both are owned by Amazon. Yeah, Amazon well, runs the the listing for the largest bookstore in the world, and it also owns the audio, the largest audio book uh, uh, so, clearinghouse. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. When was the last time <gasps> piercing the bubble? Did you? When's the last invent- time you read a thing that wasn't an audio book? A book that wasn't an audio book. Uh, I I have had to for Raise the Dead. So I have, yeah. I have read stuff that is not in audiobook form more than I ever have in the 10 years previous. I will tell you that. And it is never not annoying. And we're, we're not talking, we're not counting like uh, articles or, or ephemera or whatever. Like, Brian, like what was the book last book? book you read that wasn't an audiobook? <sighs> the Bible. Watership Down. <laughs> Was this middle school? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. I, 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 like maybe, maybe fifteen years ago. That might have been the last book book. So I thought about this because I started wanting to do some research into some other areas, and I couldn't find some of the stuff. Just was not an audible, and there was a lot of times. Tell me again. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Oh, this sounds really cool. Let me go to Amazon. Oh, not an audible. Never mind. Let me go find something. Does not else. exist. Yeah. Oh my it, God. It, it, it is never like when I begin raise the dead research, it's always like, all right, cool. 
let me load up the audiobooks and guess like the audiobooks will always go first. And then I just like, I just look at the peas that I'm shifting off to the side of my plate when all these physical books show up or I have them on, on the Kindle or whatever. And I'm like, I guess we'll get to making of the president 1964. You know, you, you know what? Uh, in, in all fairness, uh, the last books that I've read have all been like, as Justin said, uh, tools of last resort where, where it's like, eh, we got to do a scam school or a scam nation episode. I have to read these books that are at least 80 years old, where I know for a fact, everyone who wrote any part of it is dead. And, and, and I'm going to literally just scribble notes all over them and circle and figure out how to replace a cummerbund with a napkin to, to make this work. Like, like it's all, it's all functional dead history that I'm trying to make alive again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've all have examples of when we're forced outside of that, but our natural tendency is, uh, and that's been me, and I'm really speaking about myself here, and so I made a decision which was, okay, what I need to do is, there are things that I want to read, things that I want to consume, and they're not in audible form, and my... I bought, I've been buying some more books and stuff, but I don't know if I've sat down. I, I read like 1984 in book form and some other ones, but like I finally decided, you know what? Like there's a lot of stuff on Kindle, a lot of things on the Kindle. So maybe I should just go ahead and, you know, uh, and I've had different Kindle devices. I had like one of the first Kindle Oasis, but it was smaller. And I'm like, ah, I want to read something that's got kind of a larger screen. So I went and, uh, see if I can pop this out of the case without breaking it here. I decided to go ahead and go get a uh, the Kindle Oasis. Nice. Uh, which is a much larger screen and it's pricier. You know, it's like it's like 200 some bucks. But OMG for reading, you look at it, you're like, oh, that's a great. But it just fits in your palm. You've got that right button here. It's just to like to click to go ahead is just, uh, you know, super, super easy to go, go do that. So. It is one of these things as far as being able to sit there. And I found that I very easy to sit down and relax and just click this thing through and just click through and go boom, boom, boom. So I can show you this, the action on that. But How do you, uh, I, I, I think this is probably a universal question. How do you find time to, I mean, I guess you just decide that you have time and, and do it. But um, there's, what? for somebody like me, where there's an awful lot going on in the world, and there's never not somebody tugging at some way, um, if I am going to self-select, like, this is my screw-off time, leave me alone, oh, could, could convince me why I should, I should spend it reading. Why you should read? Yeah, right? I, I can't. Okay. That's after things, it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I would say that for me, like I wanted, there was a lot of stuff I was interested in and I wanted to open access other information because I didn't just want to be limiting my bubble to everything that was on Audible because there's a lot, a lot of older content stuff. You know, there's stuff that just, maybe it's made its way into Kindle, but some of it even hasn't been made it there. But even the, the stuff, the Kindle titles is greater than the, like the number of stuff up, the percentage of books that are made into audiobooks, you know, it's a percent. You know, right. it's, it's it's like one percent. You know, and so I I made that effort because of you know where I needed to go to increase my knowledge level, but also like I haven't watched Lovecraft Country. I haven't watched. I just watched. I'm not caught up on Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, I haven't watched The Boys season two. I haven't watched a ton of stuff. 
And I, I just sort of made this choice of like, let me, let me go read and do these other things, you know, that I kind of want to do. Those things will be for me later. And I don't do a podcast where I got to kind of talk about those shows either. So, it's, you know, well, yeah, I mean, that that does alter things. But but also, but on, I also on, didn't on the create a side, podcast where I had an excuse to talk about those things. And and on the flip side, it's like um, it's it's hard for me to want to complain about all the stuff I have to consume when I'm like, as you rightly put, I'm the one to painted myself in, into this corner. So, uh, I mean, I, I do think that scheduling is something that helps. Like I have found far more productivity in my life. The more that I have a rigid schedule and the more that I would say specifically for me and you, Brian, uh, the more I defined the time beyond the podcast schedule, because I think that there's a very seductive concept where we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're very busy because there are these like areas in in the day that are rock solid and everything else is kind of floating period and that's not untrue we're we're doing a lot of stuff that uh, uh needs to get done at a certain time but the more i try to subdivide that not make it just the catch all time that i was very specific about okay well i for this hour, I'm doing this. For this hour, I'm doing this. For this hour, I'm doing this. The more I was able to find, uh, you know, more ropes to swing on. And if that, you know, uh, if, if a priority there, which it was for a you know period of time over the last several months, was reading books, then that was just a place where I was going to read some books. Yeah. I'll tell you so 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 okay. So if if the task is for each of us to identify what bubble we've trapped ourselves in and figure out a way to uh, pierce it, um, I'm just now coming out of a very intense six week schedule of production. Right. Uh, uh, it's very easy for me to blow off everything and just say, "Well, I'm in a bubble right now." Sorry. Uh, sorry, everything, every challenge, every world, every bill, every whatever, uh, uh, you picked the wrong time. Um, now that that production crunch is over, it is sort here's, of an open menu of, of where to go next. Here's my prescription. Do you have a Kindle? Do you have like a Kindle Paperwhite or one of those? Uh, one of the kids does. I can, I can steal it. Yeah, like get one of those and put it in the toilet. Like flush it. Yep. Flush Start, it all the way down. It. It's, it's, yeah. it's evil. It's, it's trash. Evil. It's poop. Yeah. It yeah. goes in the toilet where poop goes. <laughs> yeah. But keep one. Like that's one of the easiest. That's I said, I need to force myself to read more books. So I put like, I'd put like a lightweight novel, like animal farm in one in the bathroom. Right. And then I wouldn't bring my phone to the bathroom. I'm like, what am I going to do now? Sitting in here like a caged creature with nothing. Oh, book. Okay. And, and I found that, like, putting myself in a room with a Kindle instead of my phone, reading more. Yeah, Bonnie uh, will pick up uh, at grocery stores those uh, National Geographic sort of one-theme one subject ones. Uh, like, recently, the most recent one was about sleep, and before that, it was about the war on science or whatever. And it's like, uh, I, I think I think maybe maybe the, the real takeaway is try going to the bathroom without your phone. And yeah. uh, and just make sure that there's something there besides a shampoo bottle for you to read. Yeah, yeah. I I, I found that 
and I, I was like, I was so on the fence with this getting at the Oasis because I'm like, ah, eh, I'll tell you the advantage of this thing is it's lighter weight than a book. It's so easy to sit there and you just press a button and it goes to the next page, press a button, go to the next page. I find myself sitting there for an hour reading now. And I was I, like, I, ah, I don't have to pick anything up. You know, I think I might actually do that because I do like the Kindle that I have, but boy, is it a frustrating experience uh, to turn the page or then like swipe to turn the page. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just, you describing this makes me kind of realize like, Oh yeah, that action, even if it's not the worst thing in the world, if it, if it doesn't work once out of every 10 times for the amount of times that that action is repeated, like it will sap part of your energy to keep reading. Like, like that will be just a low grade element of annoyance that if you're not used to doing it, it will, you know, prevent you from fully committing to the experience. Yeah. I wish they put that button on all the other Kindles because it, it, it really was, it made a big, and I had, they sent me one of the, the first Oasis's, uh, but it was, the screen size was smaller. And that's one of the things I like yeah. about the Oasis is the screen size. I would love for it to be even bigger because some of the stuff I look at has graphs and stuff. But that difference in screen size, you know, makes a big difference. And that yeah. the, those buttons, the forward and the backwards buttons, also what it does too, Brian, it will sync up with your audiobook if it, you have the audio version. And as soon as you go play your audiobook, it'll pick up where you left off. Yeah, I, I know that's a feature that appeals to some folks, but it's like, uh, like, like I either... Uh, I either want my Coke or Pepsi. I I, I yeah. don't want a blend of the two. Well, like I I've used it for, and I no I do hear you, but I I've used it for because like I picked up a book that's on, uh, calculus, right? Because it's you know a neat book about the history of calculus, and sometimes they have photos. And when I'm in the audio book, I just pick it up, and there's the photo, you know, that goes with it, and that's great. When you know I'm having an audio book that has companion, but I. I can't, you know, we'll see how I feel a few months from now, but like I've flirted with ebooks for a while. I make my living off of ebooks. Like, you know, I, I make my living off of people pressing buttons to go read things. And I've decided that it's a step towards, you know, if I can't find it on Audible, then I'll go to Kindle. And if I have to, I'll get a book. Um, do, uh, do you find yourself seduced by podcasts that, that draw you away from Audible? Because like, like I feel like Audible is like, yeah, I really ought to read that next book, but oh, it's Monday. There's a new reason roundtable. Why don't I just do that? Like I don't like, listen to any podcasts. Hmm. That's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, and then uh, you know, you either you either find kind of like oh, I love these personalities, you know, like us, and it's charming. I want to be around and be part of this community. Or, I don't know, a lot of things I found at the topics I was interested in, I wasn't getting as much out of it. And and I probably need to sort of extend, maybe. And I, I would do, I would always sort of like, oh, I'll go listen to this episode, this was good. And I might spend, a, I might discover a podcast that has an interesting topic, but then I might listen to 10 out of 30 episodes. Go, oh, this guest is interesting, this is this, but I'm not going to go listen to everything else. Yeah, it's 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 tough because I find myself like uh, I wanting to stay plugged in uh, per... per one third of my job. Uh, and I know that the shortcut is to just listen to Justin. Uh, but, but I feel like that's such 
uh, easy cheat code that I don't want to do it. And so I cast about and try to listen to stuff in the periphery that I think will give me the opportunity to have interesting discussions with Justin on the subject, uh, like we're about to have on happy hour coming up shortly. Yeah. I, I find myself kind of wanting to do deep dives into stuff. So, yeah, you know, as like, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, for various reasons, you know, machine learning and, you know, deep learning and stuff like this. And I want to do a dive into it. And it's also like, ah, I need to get, improve my calculus. I need to go back and kind of understand more of these fundamentals. And so I won't be like, staring into space confused when something happens there so i tend to pick a very narrow thing and just go deep into it for a while the uh, as a matter of fact uh there's a very good uh the grand courses uh one on calculus uh by dr michael's michael starbird who was my uh professor at ut uh but oh, wow. basically he uh uh you know once you fundamentally understand that that there, uh, what derivations are nothing but the ability to figure out what angle uh, you are on a curve at any given time, and that all of calculus is just the ability to measure the area under a curve. Like everything suddenly feels very, very simple. And to hear the stories of the competing versions of, of calculus and so on, uh, I, I believe it's called uh, uh, Calculus Made Clear. Is that right? I'll look that up. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Michael Starbird. He's a he's 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 a, a hoot. Yeah, I think that's yeah that's one of these things where you know once you sort of get through through the doorway of going oh okay I get I, you know one you get the idea of what you're trying to measure like oh it's not just the, the car doesn't go one speed it accelerates it decelerates how do you map that out and how do you measure the change and then how this applies to everything that's helpful it's helpful and but then it's you know when you start getting into you know, how do you break all these more complex problems down? Because that's sort of the beauty of calculus is the idea that like, ah, it's everything's really a bunch of simple, a lot of little simple problems. And you can, the art of it is the beautiful thing of like, how do you break this down into those simple problems? You know, and that's, you know, that's the fun thing. And so the book I'm reading right now um, goes into that too and talks about like this, it, it uses the, uh, the, the example of the guy that wrote uh, Walk, the guy that wrote uh, War and Remembrance and whatnot, when he was interviewing Richard Feynman, this is Infinite Powers, when he was interviewing Richard Feynman about the Manhattan Project and whatnot, and they're going out to the parking lot, and Feynman goes, oh, you do know calculus, right? And uh, you're like, uh, no, he's like, well, that's the language God speaks, you know, and Feynman hops into his car, <laughs> drives away. And he's yeah. like, huh? And then the guy, you know, spent a lifetime trying to learn calculus, like he'd hire a tutor or whatever, but never fully grasped it because he couldn't find that basic what's that easy entry into it and so this guy wrote this book to sort of say well this would be the book that i would recommend you read to get a starting point because man math is learning math sucks because the people who teach math were the people that were naturally good at it and it's like learning you know juggling from somebody who's just an innate juggler or innate just good at a thing you know it's like a gymnast yeah. you know i don't get it man you just do this do it like i'm doing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're I'm all five up foot in the two. Air. I'm five foot two, 110 pounds, solid body mass. Just do what I do. <laughs> like, yeah. As he flips and somersaults like, hmm. So, so that's great. That's a great recommendation. So anyhow, that's just my, my thought is like, I'm looking for ways to sort of break through sort of my bubble, not just the opinions, but the kind of information I consume. And, and this is one of the things that why there is a fierce debate over copyright and the idea that like, you know, extend, do as extending copyrights prevent things from being saved or encourage certain things to be saved 
back and forth. And, you know, what are we losing? You know, what what happens when, you know, over time as we more digitize stuff, what about all the stuff on the fringes? Yeah, man. Don't know. So, yeah. I mean, it's worthwhile to, to look for it, though. It's worth I mean, even even the idea, I, I, I think for for you, Brian, now, as you come out of this all hands on deck, all the emotional and physical um, uh, power should be redirected to that crunch you just had. Uh, I have I have found that like immediately jumping into a more speculative or uh, uh, maybe silly or like, ah, I, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it kind of project um, is really, really helpful just because number one, the stakes are a little lower, but your work ethic is still really high. And either you can kind of use that like recalibration of, of effort and pressure to be like, oh, well, let me just power through this a little bit. And then maybe I like what I get at the end of it. Maybe I don't. Maybe this is the time for research. And so now I am finding all these other things that maybe I wouldn't do because now I want to I want to do this thing. You know, I want to I just want to create a thing that isn't what I normally create uh, that doesn't have the pressure that I put on other stuff. Like I've, I found that to be very helpful. Way more honor. I mean, that's just getting a dog, right? You know, but, but uh, I think, yeah. dude, <laughs> just, just getting a dog. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the answer is yes. Like, like that, that's exactly yeah. what, what I am trying to channel my energy into. Uh, and yeah. I'm excited about it. Uh, you guys got any other picks? I got a pick. I it's kind of an anti pick. It's more, I guess it's a, a little bit of a thought. Obviously my head is very much in the, the true story documentary kind of way. And when I was first thinking about how to do raise the dead, I would listen to hardcore history or um, you must remember this or cocaine and rhinestones, all podcasts that I've talked about have been tremendous influences. Um, and I wound up settling on that way of doing things as opposed to another show that I very much love, uh, the, the team that used to do slow burn and now does fiasco for luminary. And part of the reason why was because fiasco and, and slow burn are both very, uh, interview specific documentaries. They are talking to the people that were in the rooms and they are making it happen. The problem or rather the 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 issue that I think sometimes when those shows are not done as well is you are handcuffed to the people that you spent all the time interviewing. And so Fiasco and Slow Burn have done a great job in doing it of identifying the people that you want to hear. Not so great of a job is a documentary we started on Netflix last night called Fear City, uh, which is all about taking down the mob in 19 late 1970s early 1980s new york and man am i excited about that time period am i excited about that subject matter but holy crap is there just a lot of talking not a lot of what you would want in terms of living in that world there's not a lot of like you know stories about the mob or 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 how the feckless the law enforcement was uh, you wind up spending about 15 minutes in Cornell because they got the Cornell professor that had written the RICO laws 
and they just have everybody that was there talking about a seminar they went to. And it's about as exciting as you would imagine a seminar being described from Cornell 50 years ago. Uh, uh, it is, it is hard. It was hard, hard to get through. I, hopefully the story kind of picks up, but man, in our golden era of documentaries, both visually and audio wise, uh, I think sometimes the, the, the drive to get the people isn't always going to give you a fuller picture or even, and certainly not as much of a compelling one, in my opinion. I don't have a pick there. Yeah, come at me. Come at me, bro. Yeah, I'm going to double down on Good Sudoku. I talked about this um, a little while ago, uh, but this is a new game from uh, from Zach Gage, and it's kind of a reimagining of Sudoku. I mean, you still play Sudoku, but it has a lot of tools that kind of cut down on uh, the... Tedium. uh, The tedium, yeah. Like, okay, now I'm going to count these, and I'm going to make all these marks. Um, And so you end up focusing, instead of like spending time on seeing where a seven can be you just tap the seven and you see the buttons and now you're focusing on techniques and so it's got like tens of thousands of puzzles that have been handpicked for across different difficulty levels uh it has a whole mode where it teaches you different techniques so you're you're not spending it like like truly playing sudoku half of the time spent on sudoku is just doing menial work and this says okay well Let's look at techniques, and uh, and I think that's a really good evolution for Sudoku because I think um, as far as like playing puzzles on paper, that is what makes Sudoku take so long compared to like to Picross or Nonograms, right? Like those, um, like those take about the same time on paper versus digital. Where this uh, feels like you get to the meat, you really start to enhance your understanding of it. Um, and I think uh, it's free to play for um, it, it, you could play the puzzles and it, you get ads occasionally or it's like four dollars to unlock it without ads and you get color themes. You get to access the custom mode. And so if you build a if you build a, pu- a Sudoku puzzle in custom mode or you play one and as long if it follows normal Sudoku rules, they have a whole algorithm that will figure out a way to give the players a hint like, OK, this is the next technique that you should use to make a move here. Um, and I think they're te- teasing that they might open, they might have a way to open that up to other sets of rules. Cause Sudoku people play with a lot of different crazy one-off rules. Um, hmm. And so it's, it's, it's super cool. And they have, they've been doing a lot of good work to update it. I think last time I talked about it on one of these programs, uh, it, I was getting stopped up on a technique cause you would go to learn the technique and it would say, Oh no, we generated a puzzle that doesn't have this technique in it. So you can't do anything. Um, they fixed that. Um, so they seem really good about, about active development on it as well. So, uh, it's on iOS, it's on the iPhone and the iPad. It's called good Sudoku. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. Andrew. So my, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, an, another pitch for the Kindle here. And this is, and, and I Oasis. would recommend well, I are in general, I would recommend to other e-readers out there by other companies, but the problems just haven't been very stable. I am obviously, I'm an Amazon publishing company author, so I am very biased, interest of full disclosure here. But uh, the things that have improved on e-readers in general, one is that most of them have a white background, which is key, and LED displays. The first Kindles that came out were just, oh, you just, just use available lighting in your room. Well, you know, I, if I try to sit down in the corner here and read a book, I can't because there's not enough light. 
So now with the Kindle devices and a lot of e-readers, they have built-in LED lights, lights, and they still last a long time. You get days and days and days, which is, if you'd had one a while ago, like, eh, I didn't like it, try that. For the Oasis, I really like that little button to click to turn the page. Not for everybody. You can get like an $80 Kindle now. Also, they play audiobooks. You can plug your, you can use your Bluetooth with it, and they have Bluetooth chips in there. So if you want to play your audio, you can do that too. I think that that's cool. And the other thing too is that Amazon has a program. Again, I am biased, but I benefited from this. Is they have uh, Amazon has their uh, Prime members. They have their Prime reading, which is a like ten dollars a month or something along those lines. Where if you pay that, you get let me go tons and tons and tons and tons of books. You look at like there's a tons of content out there that's available. Like like most of my books are available. Like if you if you pay for Prime reading um it's what's the price here uh i know some of that what the price like is. the kindle lending library is part of just the base kindle right or i'm sorry the base prime membership so a lot of stuff yeah you yeah some yeah. yep so there's there's kindle unlimited which is a program that like i'm part of which is basically like there's a tons of really quality books on it. if you go look at kindle unlimited and you can see that you know the the number of there's like I I find often find a lot of books I want like oh read it for free on Kindle Unlimited, nice. and there's comics there's all sorts of stuff there. It's not like a bunch of old titles that just get thrown on there. A lot of new books because there has been kind of a shift in publishing where they realize they're like they're people who just read a ton, and instead of not capturing that audience is you know what if you just you know basically make it available in a different format so you know that's it's like you know, it's like an all you consume for books, like Netflix for books. Yeah. So yeah. that was the craziest thing when, when Andrew was first starting his, uh, uh, you know, publishing career was just realizing the habits of voracious readers. And you just realize like, there are just wood chippers, like just people that are like, as fast as you can continue to pump out content, they will rip through it. It it, it was it was as somebody who was not a very fast reader, it was fascinating. You know, yeah, uh, and you you mentioned this uh, a couple of times, Andrew, but uh, I'm, I'll co-sign on getting a Kindle with a click button. I have a, I had an old Kindle before all of them had lights in them, um, but uh, it was the one that had the keyboard, had a full like. Uh, blackberry you know style keyboard and uh uh just having just having the little buttons on the side was so clutch and you know with the screen refresh of of e-ink displays and does it count does it see my swipe do I have to deal with swipe and touch like uh i kind of wish that they had made what must be relatively cheap buttons standard the way that they did led illumination yeah yeah, that's the that button, such a such a game changer. Yeah. So yeah, Kindle Limited is ten bucks a month, but like you've got like all the Harry Potter books, the Hunger Games books. There's a ton of content in there. And we do live in this golden age of like I remember when I was a kid, you know, when I was like younger, a buddy of mine went to go buy all the Star Trek original Star Trek episodes on VHS and he was paying like twenty bucks, thirty bucks per episode. Oh you know, which to to, you know, to put together the entire season was gonna cost that or series of dollars. Now for ten dollars a month, you get all of that, you know, through a service. And here, Kindle Limited, at ten bucks, you invest. You, you know, the, you, know you buy a Kindle for like the price of six or seven books. You get Kindle Limited. The amount of content you get is great. So nice. Uh, yeah, choice paralysis is a problem. 
but like I'll tell you, like one of my favorite things too are like uh, these little books, like uh, statistics, a graphic guide, things like this. These are on there. And it's harder to read, easier to read this probably on an iP- Kindle on an iPad, but still, like, all these, like, little easy to, a lot of my favorite little stuff that I like, I go, oh, wow, that's there. So that's my pitch for Mr. Amazon here. <laughs> hey, finally, somebody sticks up for Bezos. <laughs> yes, right. Got to look out for the little man, you know? It's just uh, not easy being an entrepreneur. Gentlemen, it's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.